when a whole society gets into a bad habit, and you'll find it in, in Judges 21, says this, In those days, verse 25, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. You know, when people have no leadership, then you get a problem. When leadership vanishes, you're in a problem. And with the children of Israel, leadership had to do with God's appointed man. Now, God only chose a man to be king because, and only because, the people didn't want God himself to rule. Now, in the new covenant, and we're a new covenant people, the king of kings and lord of lords is Jesus Christ. And and you've got to understand that God is lord. And, And his whole nature, his being, everything about him comes into lordship. And a person who's a Christian has to understand you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. You don't make your own choices. You don't make your own decisions. You don't have an opportunity to decide what you want. And when people go and they do what they want, waiting down the road is disaster and famine and need. And it doesn't take long to get there. And in our society today, it's almost lawlessness ad infinitum. Uh, Young people no more obey their parents. They don't do as they're told. Uh, Schools no longer discipline children because they get away with it. And you've got a whole culture growing up with lawlessness. It started in the 60s and it goes on. And when you get lawlessness, you get famine. Now the good things that we should participate of, we don't get. What we end up with is famine. Now our God is a good God. He comes to bless us. But we end up with famine. Nothing works. Everything goes wrong. And that is where danger is. And so I want to spend this morning talking about Ruth. Do you remember the story as, as we've got so far? Uh, Naomi went off with the famine with her husband and two sons. And they married. And two daughter-in-laws... When the husband died and then 10 years later the sons died, she was left with two daughter-in-laws and she gave them an option. Well, you can stay, find husbands for yourself. You're young. Or you can come with me. I'm going back. And you remember Ruth said, I will never leave you. Where you go, I'll go. Where you lodge, I'll lodge. You remember the story from last Sunday. Okay? Now... Everything seems fine. In other words, you've made a decision, and she says, your God will be my God. And I pointed out 
Uh, and the book of Ruth is really the book of Naomi. It's not the book of Ruth at all. Because Naomi is really the one it's talking about. Although, you'll find at the end of the book, uh, though it's called the book of Ruth, it's really the story of Naomi. And, and Ruth has made a decision to go with her mother-in-law. And off she goes back, as a Moabitess, back to Bethlehem. And she gets there in the time of the barley harvest. And God is very particular about timing. There's times when people can really enter into life. And there's times when they can't. And and here's a time of barley harvest. And the only way to provide for your family, you can go and because of the Jewish um, law, the Mosaic law, that they could glean in the fields. Any stranger who came to the land could glean in the fields and the widows could glean in the fields and they left the edges of the fields for people to come and glean in. And so Ruth goes out, and of course it just so happened she chose the field of Boaz. And you remember, as we said last Sunday, uh, Naomi uh, recognized whose field it was, and Boaz, he just happened to return to Bethlehem right at the time of the harvest, and they were out gleaning. And then he gives an instruction And here's the instruction. He says, look. He said, don't go to any other field. Just stay here, Boaz, to Ruth. And he tells his men, which is a type, uh, the the people in charge of the um, harvesting, he says, make sure, don't drive her away. She's a Moabitess, but I've heard she's a righteous woman. They call the word, the word there is virtuous. Keeper. And so we're going to go on with the story. Because I love Bible stories when you get it right. Um, to me, it's a, an, an example of a story. And if you look at it in Ruth, let's look there. So you get the scripture. And Boaz says, or or let's take um, Boaz to Ruth in verse 8 of chapter 2. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee. And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowed herself to the ground, and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes, that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? Now here's a stranger, a Moabitess, come in, And she says, why have I found grace? Totally undeserved favor. Why have I found it? Good question. But Boaz has left an instruction. Don't 
go to glean at another field. Don't go to the wrong place for food because I want you to stay and keep your eyes fast on the maidens. Let me explain something to you. What does it mean? Well, it's simple. I find so many people, when it comes to life, think that the grass is greenest on the other side. He said, don't take your eyes off the field you've come to. There's no other place to go. Don't go. You stay put. And um, Boaz's instructions are very clear. Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Don't go to another field. Now, what's the importance and significance of it? Let me explain to you something. So many young people think life is outside. It's not. Um... Life is in Christ. Also, they think you can get knowledge outside of truth. You know, one thing I've learned is everything you need to know is in the Word of God. The Word of God is our touchstone. And you will be the most creative person in the world when you set yourself to go God's way. And if you start gleaning somewhere else, I'll tell you what will happen. You'll get a mixture. You'll be neither hot nor cold. And in Revelation, it tells you, God will spew you out of his mouth. You'll come lukewarm. There is no way you can remain in life if you glean somewhere else. I find so many Christians have the habit of thinking You can play with the world and you can play with God. I want to tell you, young people, you play in the wrong places and you'll find out the consequences. Sooner or later, they'll come and bite you. God is a good God. He came to bless us. He came to give us life and life more abundant. If you make the wrong friends, you go to the wrong places, you get involved with the wrong people... As night follows day, it's going to bite you sometime. Ruth had sense. She knew the field. And Boaz said, don't you go out feeding elsewhere. Because I tell you what, out there, it's a hazardous place. God is a good God. He wants to bless us. He wants to enrich us. He wants to keep us. He loves us. Hey, His whole nature is blessing. But I'll tell you, the world's nature is not blessing. It's deception, it's lies, it's friendship with a price tag. And the price tag is destruction. You know, the wages of sin is what? Pardon? Wages of sin? You have to work hard to earn it. 
The free gift of God is eternal life. You know, to get your wages, you have to work at it. To have a free gift, it's just free. You don't have to do anything for it. I can never understand why people work so hard at getting themselves to hell. I can't understand why they work so hard to go wrong when it's such an easy life being a Christian. My yoke is easy, my burden light. Uh, It's much better to go God's way, isn't it? I I always felt when I was a young man, the greatest boxer ever to live was Muhammad Ali. Cassius Clay was. And he would float like a butterfly and he'd sting like a bee and you'd watch him. And man, he he, he was. When he was at his prime, he was a brilliant boxer. Now there's one thing I knew. To stay in one piece, you want to sit outside the ring. You might admire him, but if you got into the ring with him, he had only one purpose, and that was to crease you. He would hit you. And it's amazing how people don't understand. If you get in a ring with a fighter, they're going to fight. Wrong place, wrong time. And certainly the wrong opponent. Uh, I mean, he could just move so quick. I'm talking in his young days. Uh, and that it was a, a skill he had. And if someone's got a skill of subtly pulling things down, and you get in their field or in their ring, the only person who's going to get hurt is you. And Boaz knew that with, with R- Ruth. He said, look, don't you go in any other field. And you've got to make a choice. And I made the choice a long time ago. Hey, I know who I believe. I know who is the source of life. And I tell you what, I got in his field and I decided his field was the only field I wanted to live in. Is that playing? And playing with the world and playing with all the wrong things doesn't get you far. I don't like it when I see people go off after the world's attractions. I don't. You know, God has put such a creative ability within us. When Christ births us from above, we become what God always intended. You know, when he said subdue the earth, he put within us the ability that no one else has because we have God the creator who gives us to partake of his divine nature. We have an ability, we have a gifting. No one else can compete with it. And if we stay in the right field, you'll find there's more than enough provision. There's more than enough to drink. You'll never thirst, you'll never hunger, you'll never be in famine. And Boaz said to her, look, if you're thirsty, just come and help yourself. Don't go anywhere else, you don't need to go. And this is a person who hasn't become part of the family yet. 
Boaz is there saying, okay, come on in. And God draws people with his goodness and his provision. Do you know, they never asked Ruth for anything. Boaz didn't say, now Ruth, you know, if you want blessing, give. Well, the other way around. Is that plain? You know, God brings us to life. Not to death. Let's go on and look. I just want to share a few thoughts. You all understand what I'm saying about the field. Hello? Safe field. Where are you going to stay? In the right? What are you not going to do? Look over on other people's. You look over the fence and I tell you what. You're in trouble. The only time you look over the fence is when you're going to make it yours. And that's to bring it into life. Uh, and you know Boaz, he, he, he takes an eye to this woman. Now Boaz is an old man. Let me explain something to you. Boaz was um, kind of, um, you know, really in the end of his life. He was about the same age as Naomi. And Naomi was the mother-in-law. And she said to the two daughters, look, I couldn't get another husband and have sons because by the time they grew up to, to actually be your husbands, you wouldn't wait for them. You'd be as knackered as I am. So, so she, she says, look, you stay. Ruth goes with her. Now, Boaz is an old man. And here he is, he's come back and he's looking at the reapers who are working in the fields and he comes back uh, and you remember, um, uh, let's take it from verse 11. Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been shown me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work. A full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Hey, here, you're coming under the wings of God. You've come to trust in God. You've left your father's house, your mother's house. You know what I worry about? When people start going back to their old ways. You know, God called you out. You become part of the family. You, you don't have a family back home. You only have the people of God. They become your family. And... She had made it so and she'd come to trust and she was with Naomi. There was no way she was going back to the land of Moab. She just wasn't. Um, then she said, let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for thou hast comforted me and for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaidens that he recognized she was totally alien. And yet, he said, you stay. And you know, there are people that come into church who are totally alien. If they stay, they'll find food, and they'll find 
God will meet their needs. But it doesn't mean they belong to the family yet. God needs to bring them into that. But I'll tell you what, it's a smart thing to stay where life is. And it's a stupid thing to wander around. Plain and simple. That's what the Bible teaches. And um, Boaz said unto her, At the mealtime, come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn. And she did eat, and was sufficed and left. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them that she may glean and rebuke her not. So she gleaned in the field until even, and beat out that she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned, and she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after that she was sufficed. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? Where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he, that did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought and said, The man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near of kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen. And Ruth the Moabitess said, He said unto me also, Thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. And Naomi said unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, that they meet thee not in any other field. Now, do you know, it's just so important you don't wander off anywhere else. Boy, is that plain. The world is not a place for us to feed. The world's ways aren't our ways. Just don't get caught. You know, psychology won't help you. Christ will. Business principles won't help you. Christ will. Tricks won't help you. Christ will. I I tell you, life is about that. And then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast? Behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. Wash thyself, therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, And get thee down to the floor, and make not thyself known unto the man, until he shall have done eating and drinking. Now the mother-in-law is a devious woman. (laughs) You know, she realized, don't ever try and win a man until he's had a good stomach full and a nice drink. And, you know, says, now... All the other maidens were working in the field and gleaning. And she says, they're going to be smelly. But as for you, you see, you wash yourself and anoint yourself. And you creep down there and look where he's going to be. Make a note of it. 
but don't ever even approach him till he's had a good meal and a good glass or two or three of wine. And then, you know, you make, make your approach. Now, that is wisdom. There is nothing worse than a wife try to get her husband to do something when she has not fed him well and watered him well. I mean, you know, that's a wife's job. Um, thank God that women who are Christians know this. Treat your man like a king and you can get whatever you want. You shouldn't be after it, but you can get it. Um, and so, here she is. And, and the mother-in-law says, okay, here's the way to go. Tactics. Now, I've found single women... Um, and Ruth now was a single woman. Uh, she took the mother-in-law's advice. And sometimes you girls, you know, if you want a husband, you, you want to choose the time of approach. Uh, if you choose the wrong time, uh, you know, and their appetites on something else, you aren't going to get anywhere. But I'm not going to give you any advice on how to do it because I'm not a woman. But this is the mother-in-law. And it shall be, when he lieth down, that thou shalt mark the place where he lieth, and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down. And he will tell thee what thou shalt do. Now here's Naomi saying, hey, this near kinsman, he's going to tell you what to do. All you have to do is mark where he goes. Once he's had a good meal... Once he's drunk a good amount, you know, go uncover his feet. And so she goes, you know. And, you know, Ruth says, all that thou sayest unto me, I will do. She went down unto the floor and did according to all that the mother-in-law bade her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, his heart was merry. And he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn, and she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid her down. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. I don't know why he was afraid. He said, Who art thou? <laughs> And she answered, I'm Ruth, thy handmaid. Now, you'll notice that the name changes. It was Ruth the Moabites. And, and suddenly she said, no, I'm your handmaid. All of a sudden, the whole context of it changes. She said, I'm your handmaid. And, and it's so important, if you look back through the book, you'll discover that... Um, you know, she was called all the time. And people were identified where they came from. And all of a sudden, she no, I'm your handmaid. And um, spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether 
poor or rich. Now, immediately, Boaz is saying, hey, look, I'm an old man. And here you are, a young woman, and you're showing kindness at the end of my life. I'm an older person than you. And so Ruth was prepared to look for the older man. It's amazing how people think, oh, that's old fuddy-duddy. It's amazing how people reject what's of God because they just think it's old-fashioned. It's not the with. It's not cool. It's not the way to be. And, and society has made this idea that youth is everything. And I'll tell you, the ideas and ways of youth are the ways of destruction. Hmm. And he says, "Thou hast showed more kindness." Verse ten in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch thou followest not young men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest. For all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman. Howbeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning, that if he will perform unto the part of a kinsman well let him do the kinsman part but if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee then i will do the part of a kinsman to thee as the lord liveth lie down until the morning and she lay at his feet until the morning and she rose up before one could know another and he said let it not be known that a woman came into the floor also he said Bring the veil that thou hast upon thee, and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley, laid it on her, and she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done to her. And she said, These six measures of barley gave he me. For he said to me, Go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. Then said she, Sit still. My daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall, for the man will not be in rest until he have finished the thing this day. And she realizes, hey, this guy's gonna be the one. Now, you know, Naomi was more concerned with her daughter in law that the rest of her life, she was totally unselfish, she wanted the rest of her life to be right. She was looking after a daughter-in-law. And that's why it's the book of Naomi, really. She cared. She told her what, what to do. She, her concern was, you need to be married. Naomi wasn't concerned with finding a husband anymore. She was just concerned with her daughter-in-law. And it was a selfless love. And with Boaz. And it was a selfless love with Ruth. She didn't look for a young man. She didn't look for what would have seemed right. She looked for the one who got appointed. And that's what's so important. And you remember how Naomi was so bitter about what happened. Let's just quickly look at the last bit. Um, I've got time. Then went Boaz up to the gate and sat him down there. And behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by. Who, uh, unto whom he said, Ho, 
such a one. Turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit down here. And they sat down. And he said unto the kinsman, Naomi, that is come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know. For there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem I love this bit. I will redeem it. Here's the nearest kinsman, and Boaz is as sharp as Naomi, if not sharper. So he says to, the, to him, look, here's Naomi, come back, a Moabitess. There is no one to inherit. Now I want you to redeem that piece of land. She's selling a, 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 a Limabek's land. I want you to go and buy it. And he says, okay, I'll redeem it. Why? He wanted his whole inheritance to be bigger. And so he suddenly sees an opportunity. Now Boaz has really got him excited about the piece of land. And then he drops the bombshell. Then says Boaz, what day thou bowest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. In other words, you pay to redeem the land, but the moment you redeem it, no, you'll never inherit it, and it won't come to your family. It'll go to the one who's the uh, offspring of Ruth. You see? Uh, So suddenly, this man, the nearest kinsman, thinking he was going to make himself rich, suddenly discovered he's going to lose it all. He will not only pay to redeem the land, but it will never come into his family. Now this, you can see the result. Um, And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar my own inheritance. Uh Uh-uh. If I redeem this field, I'm going to lose money that I own now by buying the field, and I'll never get that back. Because it's never going to go into my family. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. In other words, I want to keep what's mine. Now, this was after a manner of former time in Israel concerning redeeming, concerning changing. For to confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor. And this was a testimony in Israel. Therefore, the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. And Boaz said unto the elders and unto all the people, You are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilion's and Malon's of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren and from the gate of his place. You are witnesses this day 
And all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. The Lord make the woman that is come into thine house like Rachel and like Leah, which too build the house of Israel, did build the house of Israel. And do thou worthily in Ephrath, and be famous in Bethlehem. And let thy house, and so on. Now, I want you to notice something. And that is, um, the Lord, in verse 11, the Lord make the woman that is come into thine house like Rachel and like Leah, which too did build the house of Israel. Do you know, there were two women, two daughters-in-law, but only one came back. But if both had come back, both would have shared in the inheritance. But they didn't. Only one came. Her name was Ruth. And Boaz takes Ruth as his wife. And it's real interesting what happens. Because the children... Um, I just quickly go there. Um, you'll find uh, verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception and she bare a son. And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of life, a nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons have borne him. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became nurse unto it. And the women, her neighbors, gave it a name saying, There is a son born of Naomi. And they called his name Obed. And he is the father of Jesse, the father of David. And you'll find Obed, it means servant. And the one thing Ruth did, and the nature, was the nature of a servant. And the blessing came, of redemption, came on Naomi. He was the redemptive force. And the thing that I want you to understand is, it was just faithfulness in the field. All she did was stay in the field. And it was the end of the barley harvest when they went to the threshing floor. And there always comes a time when the harvest is over. And all of a sudden, the Lord's there. And under the shadow of his wing was Boaz's comment. Put your skirt over me was her comment. In other words, she saw the divine way to live and it's simple in life we've got choices to make and it just depends how faithful one is with one's vision how faithful one is with one's life it's so easy to get bitter Naomi could have got bitter with what happened in the land of the Moabites she lost her two sons she lost her husband she was just left with one daughter-in-law. She came back. She had no prospects. Ruth went with her. And she was faithful. She stayed faithful. When she found a field and Boaz said, stay there, she didn't look anywhere else. She stayed there. When Naomi instructed her what to do, she obeyed. There was just a total servant heart. There was a desire to go God's way. 
There was a desire to make Naomi's God her God. And she was prepared to do anything. And I want to tell you, that's the heart of any true Christian. In the end, you've got to make up your mind which field it is. Who is going to be your Lord? You can choose to wander here and wander there. You can feed in the wrong places. You can go to the wrong places and end up with disaster. Or you can choose God's way. And in the end, God's looking for faithful people. My Bible says it's him that overcometh. You go through trials in life. Opportunities come and opportunities go. But you have to make up your mind. Where do I want to belong? To whom shall I belong? I see many people come and many people never ever realize what God's looking for. They get blessed. There's water to drink. There's food to eat. But they never become part of the family. Somehow they're just near kinsmen. They don't ever enter into life. Because they lack the one ingredient that God looks for. Faithfulness. Determination. I won't go anywhere else. Do you remember the story how the disciples heard except they eat his flesh and drink his blood, they could have no part of Christ. And many were offended and went away. And he turned around to the disciples. He said, will you go away also? And they said, well, to whom can we go? You have the words of life. There's only life in him. I know there's nowhere else. You have life. You're the one. Not a place, it's a person. Not a doctrine, it's a person. The person of Jesus Christ. God is our source. God is our provision. God is everything we need. So easy to see God's provision and forget what it cost him. It's so easy to see God's blessing and take it for granted. Think it'll always be there. It won't. One daughter-in-law missed everything. Could have been like Rachel and Leah. But it never happened. She went back. One went and was faithful. Naomi never looked to enrich herself. She only looked to look after Ruth. Boaz never looked to enrich himself. That inheritance of Elimelech wasn't going to be his. It was going to pass outside of his family. And that's the way life is. You know, this morning, God's only looking for one thing. It doesn't matter where you are in your walk with God. 
It just matters how faithful you're going to be to him. If you've made your mind up, hey, there's only one way to go. There's only one Lord, one faith, one life. It's in him. And I won't go anywhere else. And God's looking for faithful people. Just those who are so set. I'm not looking anywhere else. What an inheritance she got. She got everything. Did Ruth. And God wants to give us everything as a free gift. He's done it all. I want to ask you young people. If you mess, you play with death. I'm not talking about just physical death. I'm talking about things that have no life. When I was a young man, I played with the wrong things. You say, well, God meant it for good. Yeah, it turned out. But I want to tell you there were two women and one it didn't turn out. She never came back from the land of Moab. Never spoken of again. Beautiful story. And in every one of our lives, we have choices, responsibilities. Say, well, God didn't meet me. No, God didn't find you faithful. When the real crunch came, your heart was looking elsewhere. If only. There's going to be a lot of people in that day that would say, if only. I had opportunity. But then something caught me away. I could have come. But. Just a little choice. And that life went so wrong. And God would make it so right. Let's pray. Father, I just pray for each one here. Lord, your word's so clear. You're so wonderful. Life is so precious. And yet it's such a fragile thing. The choices we make are so fragile. The way we go 
We have opportunity and we turn aside. Truth comes and we ignore it. Life is offered and we miss it. Somehow, something else seems more attractive. Lord, I just pray for each one here. Lord, make faithful the hearts of each one. Don't let us miss who you are and what you are. Lord, I just pray your word will work in every heart. Look up at me. I want to say something to all of you. You know, it's not a matter of making a decision. It's a matter of living a life. I, I see so many people think you can make a decision but I'll tell you, the decision you make this second when you walk out that door, it's how you live. I choose because I choose. I can get people to make decisions or I can tell people a principle. And this is a principle to live by. Hey, I belong to God. This is his field. All I have, all I have, is planted in him. Not interested in anything else. I made that decision a long time ago, 43 years. And in 43 years, I've never looked for another field. Life is God, and God is life. Outside of him, there is no life. His light. Outside of him, there is no light. His truth. Outside of him, there is no truth. I'm a believer in him. And he's everything to me. There's nothing else. Paul said it so well. I live, nevertheless not I. Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I don't want to go anywhere, find anything. I found the pearl of most greatest price. Nothing else.